Welcome to the Lead Her Ship podcast with your host, Meredith Franklin. Join me every week as I interview different women who share their stories of success through failure. We will be giving valuable tips on relationships, business, health, mindset, and more to help you lead the life you deserve. I'm so excited you're here. Let's jump in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I'm so excited for you all to meet my beautiful, spicy, redheaded friend, Karina. (laughs) Karina and I actually met in Sedona a few years ago when she was teaching a whole yoga session. And that session, I was totally inspired and just following her ever since because that was an amazing, amazing time. And here's why, you guys. Karina is a growth coach for female entrepreneurs who's created an online membership community where women are supported and connected as they pursue their ambitions. She's very, very, very passionate about empowering females to step into their audacious potential in all areas of their life. She's coached over 150 plus women and growing, and Karina has created Ginger Root Society. It offers coaching and connection in a radically impactful and meaningful way. And Karina and her husband, Brayden, recently moved to San Diego from Spokane and are enjoying raising their two boys, cruising cash in the sunshine. And to me, Karina is the queen of calling you out, but then calling you up into a more audacious life. Like if you guys follow her on social media, you'll see that. She's not afraid to talk about the hard things or the things that people won't talk about. She will call you out, call you up, and just push you into your greatness. And that's one of the number one things I love about her. So welcome, Karina. Thank you. Thank you for creating this platform and just inviting me to have some good conversation with you. I have a feeling that it's going to be nothing I've ever done before. And I've done quite a few podcast interviews, but I think that you're just someone that asks really good questions and is not afraid of kind of navigating through hard conversations and talking truth. And I think I'm all about that. I speak truth and sometimes it's not as comfortable, but it's always really good. And I learn so much and I hope others learn a lot too. Yeah, I love that. And I hope I ask the right questions for the listeners listening right now. But I want to get started with just getting to know you a little bit. So why don't you kind of take us back? Because when I met you, you were coaching holy yoga. So where did the seed of desire for more change for you? Take us way back. So when I was teaching holy yoga at the leadership retreat that you were at, I was currently working like in a kind of corporate, non-corporate, non-traditional position, but I was definitely working for somebody else. And it was within the confines of this really awesome, I feel like I was like a gene of all trades where I relied on skills and parts of me that I'd learned in college, but also the skills that I had gained in the prior to that. It just was a really unique hybrid position, but it's there where I learned we worked with network marketing team and the two people that I worked with were massive leaders or are massive leaders. And I learned that people really do have opportunity to create their own success. And for me, the goal always was to work for a corporation. It was to work in a big company, to have weekends off, to have a 401k, to have a steady salary. And I even like had like a cap. Like I thought if I could make $50,000 a year, then I was like (laughs) balling. Like that was a really big 
was an amazing career. Like I was the first one to go to college and kind of put myself on this trajectory of working in a traditional American job. And after college, you have like this a couple of years of rude awakening. I went to a great liberal arts school in Spokane, Washington, and it was a huge pivotal like growth opportunity for me in all areas. I graduated with a psych degree and thought, okay, I'm going to like go out into the workforce and really help people. But I learned that I also graduated in 07, which was a terrible economic time. <laughs> so it was hard to get a job, to get even like a meaningful, relatively mediocre paying job. But I kind of learned that you're pretty capped. You're limited in the options that you have with a bachelor's degree. And after college, after I kind of thought that I knew what I was going to do, I spent time after college really floundering and working for, I worked for a big hospital. I worked for organizations that were doing incredible work with teens in psychiatry, but none of it really was very fulfilling, nor was it very rewarding. So really low pay where you were doing really hard work with a sensitive part of the population, like kids that truly struggle with behavioral disorders and all that, just like a sensitive population. So for me, it was like, I thought I was going to graduate college and have this, you know, dream job, this like professional career, and I was going to be successful. And I also had like, I'm the first one to have the opportunity to go to college for my family. Like, I have to make it. I have to be successful. And I found myself not being successful. And really, I went from being kind of this vivacious, like badass, like I got it all figured out. I go after what I want to like, I don't know how to achieve what I want. And I don't know how to be successful. As I reach success in every, like I would kind of change jobs every two years and I would like reach the top and then figure out like, there's nowhere for me to go. So I need to just start somewhere else. And it was just this cycle of like every two years, I would, the novelty of my position would grow weary and I would jump to some, I would go into something else. And every time my salary would increase and my responsibility would increase, but, and my fulfillment would kind of increase, but not really. And when I went into this position with two of my friends, I felt like, okay, this is really opportunity for me. It's kind of non-corporate so I can grow. I can really come in and use all of these gifts that I've learned and have had ingrained in me along the way. And it was there that I saw within like the confines of network marketing, how people really were creating their own rules. I was like, well, you're earning what? Doing what? Like what? <laughs> this is so atypical. This is so non-traditional. I love this. It took a while for me to rewire my brain as to what success was and how you went to create it. And for me, the shift was when I still found myself like, yes, I was within a new vehicle for success, but it was still someone else that was dictating and kind of creating the parameters for me to be successful. And I really wasn't taking ownership of that. I thought owning your own business, like small business ownership, I thought was like kind of playing it small. And it was within the kind of seeing people create their own success within network marketing. I was like, no, you've had it all wrong. If you really want to create wealth and if you really want, you want fulfillment, you need to do it on your terms and you need to take responsibility for it what you think you're capable of creating instead of waiting for a corporation to kind of see how gifted you are and how amazing you are and then open doors for you like homegirl own it and run with it. So at the time I had stepped into, I really loved yoga and I, I came upon holy yoga, which is incorporating your Christian faith with yoga and, you know, opening up with, with prayer and listening to worship music and really just kind of giving yourself time to connect with your spirit and with the Holy Spirit on your mat. And this is still pretty controversial for people. There's a lot of people that, a lot of Christians that don't feel comfortable with that, but I just found it, it was a really challenging 
space one because I thought it was so natural for me. I'd sat in yoga classes in Seattle where nobody was praying about to Jesus and I would pray just instinctually. To me, it was always this like very organic connection. It seemed like a no brainer for me. I finally have quiet time. I'm going to sit and I'm going to pray and I'm going to be thankful to God. But holy yoga and stepping into teaching holy yoga for me was the first stop disqualifying yourself from the things that you want. It was kind of like this, hey, you've disqualified yourself from really big things in your life for a while now. And someone spoke, they're like, hey, you should teach holy yoga. I think you'd be really good at it. And my instinct was like, no, 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 I could never do that. But my spirit was like, wow, I would love to do that. And I got curious about why I would just kind of say no to myself so much and the things that I desired. So I did it. I said, you know what? I'm just going to try it. And I'm going to see what this, this whole training is about. And I'm going to step into it with a lot of faith and a lot of like ownership. And it was awesome. It was awesome in the sense that I stepped into something that I deeply wanted, but never thought was available to me. And that was the gateway for me. It was like, okay, where else are you disqualifying yourself from? Where else do you really want to go? You really want to seat at that table, but you're just assuming you're not even invited and worthy of it. And for someone that's like a confident chick, I was like born feisty. Like I have no problem asserting myself and going after what I want. For me to realize that I was the one holding myself back was like, whoa, sister, whoa. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you're the one that is craving these things and then immediately taking them off the table. So once I kind of got aware to that, once I opened up that piece of my mind, it was, okay, you can't unsee what you just saw. You got to rise up. You can't all of a sudden go on ignorant about what you're disqualifying yourself from. So having success in my career was always something like I placed a lot of importance in that. And I really felt, although I love the position that I had and I love the friends that I worked for and the people that I worked for, but I just felt deeply discontented and dissatisfied with what I was doing and how I was being utilized and what I was earning. And I actually went in and asked for a promotion and was denied, like asked for a higher income and I was denied. And to me, that was like, okay. This is an indicator for you. If you think that you're worth this much, you need to step up and you need to create it for yourself. And it was such a good, I've never taken ownership of my own success in that way. And that's why I understand when women, when women want something for themselves, like I understand the kind of ownership you have to take and the kind of fear, like, I don't really know if I'm worth it. But if I'm going to ask someone to do this for me, like if I'm looking for someone else to see this in me, I have to see it in myself. And it really is like jumping off of a cliff because you have no idea if you're going to land on the other side, if you're going to fall apart, or if you're going to grow wings on the way down. You just don't know. You have no idea. But I took that leap and I said, all right, like I need to go be used in the way that I see fit and I need to go earn the kind of money that I think I deserve to earn. And I'm not going to let anyone else give me permission anymore. And that's what I did. So I looked at myself and I said, what do you love to do? What are the gifts that you feel you have? I utilized holy yoga as a way to grow my confidence. I taught classes. I put together events where I would be able to kind of speak empowerment over the students and over the people. And that was just kind of me kind of breaking out and saying, I really love to speak life and truth into people. How can I do this? It was through teaching holy yoga. But then when I decided I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to create a job for myself, I'm going to create a business. I knew I didn't want to teach yoga to do that. So I had to be strategic and say, 
all right, what sets you apart? What are you really good at? And it's speaking truth and it's understanding and having discernment. And you can speak some of that wisdom into someone else and it's liberating and it's freeing and it's life-changing. And I think I had to own the magnitude of those gifts and stop doubting them. And I said, okay, I'm going to be a growth coach. I'm going to help women grow. I'm going to help them see where they're limiting themselves, where they're blocking themselves, where they're playing small. And I'm going to shine a light on those areas and I'm going to empower them with truth. And I'm going to give them the push that they need to break through their own barriers. And that's what I'm going to do. So then I like bootstrapped the coaching business and I just went all in on myself. That was the biggest thing. It's like, I don't have time to doubt what I can do. I have to believe in the the opportunities. I have to believe and rely on, on this like tiny instinct that I have something here. And I, Meredith, I did it. Like it's, it was the best like risk, the best bet that I could have taken because betting on myself also meant I bet on God that he was with me along the whole way. And I made that income that I was so hungry to make. And I was so proud that I did it not with someone's vehicle or permission. Like I did it. I did it with me. I did it with what God had knit inside of me. I did it with my desire to show up for myself, for this business, for the clients that were waiting to hear from me. I was like building a life raft in the middle of the ocean. And it's incredible to take that kind of risk and see, hey, you don't die. You might break a limb or two, like you might come up with a few bruises, but you survive and it's amazing. And it's so worth having that kind of extreme ownership of what you're capable of. Yeah. I love so many things that you said here. You you were the one standing in your own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just read a quote this morning on Instagram and it's, you know, you're not taking this risk or whatever. I'm going to get this all wrong. But the people watching you were like, wow, look how much potential she has. So once you realized mm-hmm. your own potential and you got out of your own way and you kind of like threw caution to the wind mm-hmm. and really, you were saying a little bit, I feel a little cocky saying this, but here's the thing. When God gives you gifts, you have a specific gift on seeing things in people that they cannot see in themselves. And that Mm -hmm. person actually truly needs someone to say, Hey, I see this in you speak that identity into them that they've never been spoken to into them ever before Mm -hmm. and seen that gift that they have. That's like your superpower. So when we diminish that, it's sad. It's not okay. You know, someone told me a long time ago, you'd be great on podcast or on TV or something where you can speak identity in people. And I'm like, Uh, you downplay that because Mm -hmm. of what people might say, what people might think like, oh, she's quote unquote, you talked about this the other day on your Instagram, but selling yourself. And Mm -hmm. you're like, but this is my gift. And I have this, this is my offering to people. And I think it's amazing to monetize Mm -hmm. a skill that you have. You went to school for it. I'm an entrepreneur. So I just truly believe in going after what you're designed to go after. So Mm -hmm. let's kind of get into that too, because Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're like, okay, I want to make this a business of some sort and people want community. People want Mm -hmm. to have skin. Well, they don't necessarily maybe want skin in the game, but they need skin in the game to keep them accountable so that they take action on what they're being called out to do. So Mm -hmm. tell us like how that all, what the society looks like, how this coaching looks, and then we'll kind of ask a few more questions. 
So in the beginning, it was, and it still is, I like to keep things as simple as possible. And right now, coaching and for anyone that's going into coaching, it's like, it's so out, like it's everywhere. Everyone is a coach. And back then it wasn't as popular. And I wanted to call myself even a growth coach, not a life coach, because life coaching still had like an icky connotation to it. And I also wanted to address business and entrepreneur issues. But I think that now it's just so common and people will make it so complicated. It's figure out what it is that you, what are your giftings? If your gifting is to build belief into someone, then offer that gifting to as many people as possible. And that's how you get clients. You don't need all of the things. You don't need all the click funnels. You don't need all the trainings. You don't need to create a mastermind. Just start with what is your gift and make it available. Offer it to people. That's it. So in the beginning, it was I want to sit down with someone via Zoom and I want to hear what their situation is and I want to offer them insight, advice, and guidance. Like that was my offering. Like I'll sit down with you for an hour for $75, like game on, let's do it. And I would show up in that hour like as hungry as possible to make sure that I offered as much as I could to that person, to that woman usually because I recognize you're on your own journey and I just want to be able to like bring you as much help as I can. And it will evolve. I think it keeps people, the idea that we have to start out with this end vision that we have in our minds. What Ginger Root has been for me, the vision that I have in my mind is so massive. If I tried to initiate on that giant audacious vision from the beginning, I would have never stepped a foot in front of the other. Heck no. It's so complex. There's just no way. So start as small as possible. Start with acknowledging what your gifts are is a huge part because even like me, it's like, man, I kind of feel cocky saying that. I don't want to give new people, people that don't know me, this wrong idea. Oh, she thinks she's so wise. Like, homegirl, who do you think you are? The truth of the matter is I am wise and I got to own that because I know that people need to hear that wisdom. It doesn't serve anyone any good for me to play small and shrink myself down and ignore that it's a gift. Own it, own that gift, own whatever it is. If you're awesome at organizing, like it makes so much sense to you and it's so fulfilling to you, you need to own what that is and make offers to people. Tell people, this is what I can do and this is how I can help you. You don't need a fancy website. You don't need to have a glossy Instagram page. Like you don't need all of these tactics and, and superfluous tools and reasons. Like you really don't. You need to start with acknowledging the thing that you're really good at the thing that you love to do and make it available to people to interact in that way with you. And I tell people sometimes it's just as a matter of like asking the people around you, like, Hey guys, can you just actually give me a minute and tell me like, what am I good at? Like, what do I offer? What are my gifts? What do you see in me? And that can kind of help. Cause a lot of times, and that's what you do, you know, you'll do that for <laughs> your clients, but a lot of times you just cannot see it for yourself. I know for a lot of your clients, you walk them through a lot of things and a few things is like how you overcome insecurities. Mm -hmm. So for the listener who is like, have so many insecurities and who am I and their worthiness, why is it so important to know your identity and self-worth to move forward? Mm -hmm. That's so good. And that is the foundational point. Like, how do you know your worth? Every single phase of your life and every single person deals with an insecurity. But if you don't know, if you're not rooted in the truth of who you are, your insecurities will make decisions for you. You will make decisions based on what your fear is telling you, what your insecurity is telling you, because your identity is kind of like built on sand. And you're like, I don't know, I could be a hot mess. I could be a disaster. I could be someone that is just undisciplined and and doesn't show up for things. And I'm constantly failing or I'm just not capable. Like that's what your fear and insecurity will tell you if your truth is not rooted, if your identity is not rooted. And so for me, it's really getting down to who are you? 
who does God tell you that you are, not who does your fear tell you that you are. And we still have to break this idea that when we root in the truth of who we are, we're being like cocky or we're being egotistical or we're being prideful. I think there's a very big difference between being prideful and really owning your identity in Christ and who you are. We're not meant to be these powerless, meek, confused, constantly like in turmoil people. We're meant to be empowered. We're meant to be actively impacting the world around us. We're meant to make decisions and to take action and to have confidence. So I think for a lot of my clients, it's recognizing the insecurities are always going to be there. How do you separate the lie? Because your insecurity will have a, a kernel of truth. That's why they're so incredibly powerful to us. It's like we kind of recognize There's something there. There's like a speck of truth intermixed, but we create lies and we wrap that truth, that like small, tiny kernel of truth. We wrap it in a bunch of stories and lies. And so it all of a sudden becomes this like hard ball and just wrecking ball for us. If you have the courage to recognize that speck of truth, but then root in the identity of who you really are, you can overcome that. Like you can say, okay, I have done this in the past. Like this is what my behavior tells me that I'm capable of. So where is my opportunity? What is my faith telling me? What is my belief telling me? Not what are the lies going to continue to tell me? So it's very much being able when you face insecurity, every single person is insecure, recognizing that you are not, there's never going to be a point where you reach, like you're never not going to be insecure. Hello, welcome to the world recognize how to move beyond those insecurities and still continue to show up for your life despite what your insecurities might try to tell you. Yeah. And it's like your childhood stuff, what the world's telling you is success, what the world's telling you is who you're supposed to be. And you're making that your identity versus what Christ or, you know, who you truly really are. And I think it's imperative to moving forward. And so once you remove that lie, and typically it's the loudest one I've noticed, it's like the loudest one. And a lie that I was believing was like, you know, there's a million podcasts out there. Like what's this one's going to be what the same. And it's, it's kind of a voice from my husband too, because I've told him to start a YouTube channel. And he was like, but there's, it's been done. And I'm like, Mm. but you're different. Like you're different people. And so I think that it's so important if you're listening to this and you're saying, but like, I truly feel like I have a gift and I feel like I want to mentor people or I have a gift and I want to train on something. You know, you guys, Mm -hmm. I want this podcast to really be beneficial to you, to show you you can do those things, but it's going to take a few things that you need to work on and remove for you to step into that. And it's one step at a time. And just one thing, I think that in the process, I think one of the main motivators for us to even acknowledge like that we're playing small or that we're allowing our insecurities to drive us or that we're allowing fear to drive us. When we have either like a business or a goal or we have a role, we have a dream in front of us. It's on in route to making that dream happen that all of these things get challenged. Like you have, you see these either as barriers or opportunity for growth. Like it's through those things and having that dream in front of you. And that's why it's so important. Why I encourage so many women pursue your ambition, not because I want you to be like all rich and famous, but because I want you to grow as women. And it's when we set our ambitions out there and we pursue them that all of these, we, God has opportunity to grow us and to stretch us and for us to really up level in so many different ways, because there it's just, that's part of that beautiful journey. You can't pursue ambitions without 
growing along the way. And it's just a beautiful way that that happens. Yeah, I think that that's critical. I mean, for resistance is important. I feel it's like that means you're on the right track. Like enemy doesn't want you to be successful and God really wants you to live in abundance. And why are we leaving stuff on the table? Why are we leaving these gifts on the table? Why aren't we pursuing them? And it does like, I mean, come on, Karina, we can say like, it does suck. Like, oh my gosh, it sucks so hard. There's a lot of (laughs) suck in that. And what's so exciting about the Ginger Root Society is you're not doing it alone. Yes. So let's talk about that a little bit. Why community is important and society. Yeah. So I started my business coaching one-on-one and I still one-on-one coach for private clients as well. It's like, we go nitty gritty. We go deep. It's good. It's meaningful. And I basically teach you how to coach yourself. That's the goal. The goal is not for you to be dependent on me as a coach for the rest of your life. The goal is for you to be empowered and recognize how to coach yourself so that you can continue on. The society is, it's such a beautiful place because regardless, we hear this all the time that community is so important, but it's important when you are doing hard things, you constantly are challenged and need resources, you need encouragement, you need truth. Because when you are doing hard things, when you're pursuing like big success, when you're growing past what you are capable of, doing it on your own is so, it's like a slow painful, isolated process, and you don't get to as much success. When you do it with other people, what the society gives you, it's like, like you can easily try to figure everything else on your own and you can try to Google all the things or read all the things, or you can have a trusted group of women that get you and get what it means to do hard shit. And you go after it and they give you like, you don't need to spend two weeks learning how to do this, let me teach you. Let me be open-handed with my experiences so that I can save you this pain or I can save you this time or I could save you this wasting of your money. So in order to put yourself one, it takes a huge acknowledgement for you to say, hey, I'm an ambitious woman and I'm going to put myself at the table with other ambitious women. Stepping into that is huge because you're recognizing I'm not going to play it small. I'm actually going after this thing for real. It's so good. And then second, you recognize, I want to learn. I don't want to make myself so isolated. I want to learn from other women. I'm not competing with other women. I'm learning from them. And three, I have something to give. The society is unique because it's not just women learning from me. Although I feel like I'm pretty dang amazing. I do. I feel like other women are just as amazing. And they have skills and resources and understandings that I do not. And they get to shine. They share in this platform and they educate the other society members on what they're an expert in. And I think that takes real gumption to own the thing that you're an expert in and be open-handed with that knowledge, with that expertise and share it with other women. I just think when you're open-handed with your success, you have more room to also receive. Like you're giving you're also receiving. Like you can be really scared and like tight grip that success and that the traction that you've made. I could easily say, I've built this on my own. I don't want anyone else to benefit from it because it's been so hard and I've sacrificed so much. Like I deserve all of this. Like it is, I need to feed into me. I could easily be tight fisted with that and it would suit just me. And I could get a certain amount of success, but not very much. When you're open-handed and you say, hey, 
I already did the legwork, girl. Here it is. Here's a template for what you need. Here's how you build a course. Here's what real um, marketing on social media looks like. Here's how you use hashtags, like all of these things. Let me save you the work. Let me be open-handed with my success so you can be successful too. It is magic. So that's what I think community is just important because we need help when you do big things. I love that. It's just like these women, women cheering on women, women supporting women is critical, but okay. So this is something that I struggled with the self-worth as a hairstylist. I was not very good at being a hairstylist because my prices, I was the one who chose the prices, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was doing extensions before they were like cool and whatever. And kid you not, I was doing them for free. Like I literally, I could not be like, oh, it's going to be $250. And I would apologize when I would do it. And I'd charge somebody like barely anything. I would apologize. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is actually a common theme because Mm -hmm. in women, just in general, because it's like, well, here, just take it for free because, or, you know, my girlfriend actually right now, I told her I'm going to pay her for this service. She's so good at websites and design and graphics. She does it for free. And I was like, you have to start charging people because I mean, (laughs) it would take me forever. I know it takes you seconds, but it's a gift that you have. You're so skilled at it and you have to start charging people, please. Mm -hmm. You're hurting me by watching that. (laughs) But but truly, like even for me, I love to give away free services. So let's kind of talk about pricing and like how you help women understand that it's okay to start charging. Well, I think if you're looking at it from like, what is it that I feel worthy of charging? Like, what do I feel worthy of earning? I started out with $75 and I charged $200 an hour now. It's like, oh, I'm not going to wrap up my worthiness in that. I'm going to look at the value. What is the value that I'm pouring into this hour? And here's the thing. When you look at it as value, you're going to make sure that the value is there. Like, I feel like so many people now inflate prices and are like, I'm worth a thousand dollars an hour. It's like, are you showing up for that kind of value? If you are awesome, charge that. But I think women are looking to see what is my worth here? What am I worth charging? And it's not about that at all. Take a unemotional look at what it is that you're providing and understand what the value is to your potential customers. I think women are driven a lot by emotion and you have to learn to have discipline and boundary around your emotion. If your business is going to perform like a business. Like there's just like, this is time to giddy up. You know what I mean? It does not matter what you feel you are worthy of earning or what you are worthy of charging. It is all about the value that you are bringing to the marketplace, the value that your clients, potential clients will be getting. Take a look at that. And when you go to pay for something like that, what is the value that you're paying? So I do also feel, and I think it's so important for people when you are doing something that is like natural to you, like someone could spend 10 hours working on a logo and like love it because it's just life giving to them. I want to pull my hair out when I'm working on graphic design (laughs) and logo and all the things. But for them, it's easier to discredit and discount something that is so natural and organic to you, but that's your gift. And it's so funny because we think we have to work really hard. We have to hustle. We have to grind. We have to really like grit through it. But when you're using your gifts, it should not be this hustle and grind process. When you're in alignment, when you're using your gifts for a purpose, it's actually really enjoyable. Like think of how good God is that he's like, hey, I actually created you. I I equipped you with all of the things that you need 
so you can live life with purpose, with joy, and with ease. It doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. Of course you work hard, but it should be the essential thing that fuels your business should be life-giving to you. It should be life-giving to other people and life-giving to you. If it is not that, if there's not a constant flow of energy, if it does not fuel you as well as fuel whatever, whoever it is that you're serving, then you're out of alignment. Stop doing it. If you're completely discrediting your gift as like, it's not as meaningful because it's not hard, you're missing the entire point. Well, explain to me a little bit like how you sell yourself because a lot of people mm -hmm. are like, oh, well, I just uh, like, I don't know because it's critical. Like no one else is going to like clap for you and celebrate you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really important to own it and have that confidence. And, you know, so how do you gain that confidence and talk about what you offer the world? Yeah. Yeah. So I think creating like a offering. So this is my offering. I coach for three months in this way and you detach yourself from, it's your responsibility to tell people what it is that you offer, like what it is that you do and invite them into how you use your gifts. It's not up to you to make the decision for them that they should be in real, buy from you. But it is your responsibility to tell as many people what it is that you do and make as many people offers. So for me, it's being consistent and not changing what I offer all the time so that I'm not confused. So I'm like confused about what it is I offer and I allow insecurity to kind of overtake the conversation. It's being strategic and saying, this is my offering. This is how I've decided to structure my business. This is how I, you can learn from me and telling as many people, I do this. I growth coach women. I help you to overcome your insecurities. Consult with me. I'd love to see if I can help you. And in that consult, in that free 30 minute conversation, we talk about more about it and we get into what it would mean for me to help them. And I listen to what their problems are and if I can actually help them and you make a decision. Can I help this person? I think that I can. So I'm going to make them an offer. It doesn't have to be like this assuming that one, everybody needs to coach with me. There are people that should never coach with me because we're not a good fit. But it's also recognizing you just make as many offers as possible. Talk to as many people as you can and stop getting so caught up in making sure that you have like you're enrolling a certain amount or getting a certain amount of people. When you're truly owning what it is that you have, you're having conversations all the time about it. You know, make it your responsibility to actually make offers to people, give them the opportunity to learn and engage with you and buy from you. If you're quiet and shy about it and you never talk about it, then you do kind of have to get into that selling, that hustling, because then all of a sudden you realize, shoot, I'm not performing. My business is not performing. So now all of a sudden I have to like turn and burn. Well, if you do it right the first time, you don't have to get into that freak out reactionary mode. So for me, it's a matter of telling people what it is that I do and making them offers. And a lot of times for me, it's making an offer to sit down and do a 30 minute consultation so I can actually even get to know more about what they do. And if, if I would be appropriate for them. I do remember in the beginning, it was super uncomfortable for me to own that I was a growth coach because I thought, how are they going to interpret? Like, what are they going to think of when I say growth coach? And are they going to determine that I'm not qualified to do it? So it's a growing for sure. You have to step into that ownership. Yes. And I would assume it's like that fight or flight. Your brain automatically is like fear. Okay. Run away because they might reject me. So just don't do it at all. And I, the lie that I play in my head is, oh, I don't finish anything. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, you know, proving myself wrong. Watch, I'm going to, I'm going to finish this because it is important and it's, that's not true. So speak that yeah. truth over you instead of the lie. 
So you, with the Ginger Root Society, you have, I don't know, you can tell us if you're taking new people, but it's like a monthly, mm-hmm. so explain that. Yeah. So I love that you asked, like, I don't know if you're taking new people. <laughs> I just made a post about how, you know, people use this fake kind of like spots are limited, you know, join now. And I had another client asked, you know, can, will my friend be able to join the society? Like, or are you closing it in a few weeks? I'm like, no, the society is here to stay and it's here to grow and it will always be open to women joining it. And it's also open to you leaving it if it's not the right fit for you. So yes, that you can join the society at any time. It's a monthly membership. And I love that you even talked about like having that fight or flight. One of the benefits, one of the ways that I grow and develop women in the society is through something called Pitch Fest. So everything that we do is done virtually. There is going to be a tour, a society tour in 2020, where I'm going to every single city where there are society members and doing live events. But in the society for every single month, we have what's called a pitch fest. And it's an hour virtual meeting where we pitch to one another and we get over that fear and discomfort of talking about what it is that we have to offer. If you can learn to be confident in your pitch, and this is also a place where you can bring like, hey, I'm thinking of offering this. Would this make sense to you? You're kind of my potential, you're my perfect client. Would you buy something like this? Think of how valuable it is to have a group of women, like engaged women that you can test things out on and even like grow confident in introducing yourself saying, hi, I'm Karina and I'm a growth coach for female entrepreneurs. Get confident in owning what the thing that you're doing so that when you are out in networking events, when you're out contacting prospective clients, you're doing it without that fight or flight instinct. You're just in there to freaking fight. Like you're in there to, you're in there to own it and really take advantage of that situation or that conversation that you're in. So along with Pitch Fest, which we do once a month, we have weekly co-working sessions. So we show up and we discuss issues that are holding us back in our business or things that we just don't really know how to proceed on. Like for instance, we have someone right now that's building a um, team of makeup artists all over the nation. And they're like, how do we recruit people in, in cities where we're not in to make sure that the women that we recruit are on brand for us? So what kind of like process, like how should we even bring in potential candidates and all of these things. So we really troubleshoot, we brainstorm, we share information and resources and we listen and give feedback and and input. And it's amazing to see women just doing work. Like we have work to do, but a lot of times we let small things like not knowing how to start a podcast. Like how do I record a podcast episode? You know, a lot of women think that they have to have all this complicated process, but really it's like download Zoom. (laughs) And you're good to go. You know, like there's your first, like how you would record a podcast episode. So I just think it's important to be able to have resources available to you and ask questions without feeling like you always have to have it figured out. You don't. This is a group where you're welcome for being transparent and still in process to your success. The last part that we do is I coach. I do a a group coaching call that's always like on a mindset or on a any sort of pain point in entrepreneurship. So I offer hot seat coaching where members can just be like, okay, I'm legit struggling with this. What would you say? And I coach them on the spot and we learn. Other members can kind of see how I would react or respond to that kind of situation. They can apply it. And we also just dig into hard issues and make sure that we have the right mindset and the right 
tools to really continue with the forward momentum. So those are the three things that make up the society. There is like a physical platform online. It's off of social media. It's in this thing called Mighty Network. So everyone is in the same kind of virtual platform and you can connect with one another. You can post um, articles and topics and you can access all the recordings from all of our training and videos and all of that. And you can um, do it on your desktop, which I love. I love working at my actual computer and you can also access it from an app on your phone. So I think it's really radical and I don't know a lot of people that are doing it. So I'm like, join the society. It's like the best thing to further you in life and business. Like the women that are in here, they're so rad and I'm so proud of every one of them. And I just, it's going to be amazing to see how God like really takes their business and themselves to the next level because of what they have, the growth that they partake in in the society. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think that's so amazing. And the success that the people have had working with you too. I bet that's like mama bird moment. Like, oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. And I think it's such a gift because it's almost like their success is definitely not my success. I just love that I get to be a small part of it and I get to like know the inner workings and how like I'm seeing so many of my clients step into spaces that they disqualified themselves from. And it's so cool to see the way that women are not believing lies, the ways that women are stepping into versions of themselves that they really hope for, that they really pray for. It's so cool. It's so rewarding. And that part will never get old. And my goal and vision is to have women all over the, the world doing incredible things. And I'm like the like behind the scenes, like, go sister, go like cheering her on and texting her or Marco Poloing her ferociously. Like, yes, you can. I've had clients that are like, I'm about to walk into this meeting. I just need to like, I just need to hear from you. And I'll be like, okay, this is the truth. This is who you are. You've got this. This is how it's going to go. And I just think that's such a privilege to me. Like how amazing that I get to have that kind of insight into women rising. It's just so cool. I think that is probably the best fulfillment you could ever get Yeah, is just being a part of that. Like even if you feel like it's a small part, like, no, it's a, it's a, that's the big part. That's like the most important part. And I think that people, I know us women, we care a little bit too much about what people think of us. And we have these things that people say, it's always that stupid small voice, but you, I feel like are amazing at being like, I don't really care. I'm going to say it like it is and tell it like it is. People aren't saying it this way, but I think it's critical. Like we have to remove what we think people are saying about us or what people think completely and step into who gives a flying F. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it my way. I know she did it that way and she's doing it this way. Just like with parenting and, and all things, it's just like, listen, I need to stop. We need to stop women. We need to stop judging. We need to stop caring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that because we're so privy, we have so much insight. We can see how someone is parenting their kid. We can see how they're building. Like we just have so much access to information about them and then resources. I think we've kind of disconnected from our ability to trust our instinct and to respect like what our own spirit is telling us. Like, Hey, I kind of have a gut feeling about this. And I think a lot of times the woman that we really are is who we think that we are, but we're listening to the other voices. So it's like, if you just trust that gut instinct that's telling you like, no girl, like you do got this, like you can do this. If you listen to that more and that, that's what I mean by like rooting in the identity, like the truth of who you are, it's so much easier, honestly, like 
learn to trust that voice, learn to trust that instinct and disconnect, like do whatever it is that you need to do from watching and over consuming and putting so much of weight and importance on what other people are saying, regardless of it's good or bad. Sometimes it's like, just learn to trust yourself. Even as a new parent, it's like you don't need to read all the books and watch all the videos and go through all the trainings. Just trust your natural ability to parent, you know? Well, yeah. And we're all making it up as we go. Like, Absolutely. I think that that is something that you need to tell yourself all the time is like, okay, girl, you know, I truly am just throwing spaghetti at a wall. Going to see if this sticks and see, you know, like, Oh, that did not work, but at least I tried, at -hmm. least I took action. And you know, you say it all the time. Like you can read that book, you can listen to that podcast, but if you are not held accountable or if you're not taking action, it's pointless. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I mean, well, you tell us like, what's the, okay. The person listening right now, they're like, I know I made for more Mm -hmm. and I know like I'd be an amazing mentor and like, I have all these gifts. What three things that can they do right now to step into that? Mm -hmm. I love that. If you're in that space, I want you to get really clear on what it is that you want to offer. Like you have to have some sort of parameters. Like what is it that you want to offer people and get really specific and really clear. Your next part after that, after like owning this, this is what I'm really good at understand how, who it is that you want to serve, identify what it is that you want to do, identify who it is that you want to serve, and then start building the infrastructure to do those things repeatedly time and time again. Okay. So start with a website and start with a branding, start with like whatever, start identifying what is it that you actually want to be doing? Own those things. Who do you want to be serving and then create some sort of structure, infrastructure, some sort of way to do that thing for people. So if you're, you really want to mentor high schoolers on how to write awesome papers to get into college, figure out that this is the thing that I want to do. I really want to mentor kids that are applying in college. You've identified that you want to help high schoolers and then figure out how is it that I want to do that? Do I want to get on a phone call with them? Do I want to do a Zoom call with them? Do I want to go to schools? Like, how is it? What is going to be your infrastructure for doing the thing that you're really good at? Figure out those three things and take action on those. And then the rest will come. Do not try to do to, to build an entire business before you've figured out even what it is that you want to be doing. Start small and let that build on itself. Yeah, take as much action as possible. Yeah, and more people will learn about you. I think it was that guy, I'm going to get his last name wrong, but Nick Volchek, Uh guy who goes around and he, at first he's like started with like one little speaking. His mom's like, are you getting paid yet? He's like, no, (laughs) you know, but you got to start smaller to grow. Mm -hmm. But starting is like the main thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I just love that. Okay. So I have a question right now. What is your, what is a book that you're reading right now that is helping you for your growth? Mm, that's a good question. So I'm really loving Marie Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable. I really believe that everything truly is figure outable. And I love the um, kind of the ideology that you should allow yourself the process of trying to figure it out and not instinctively going to or and like automatically going to like blowing through the process and going straight to a solution. Allow yourself the opportunity to figure it out. And I think she has one, she has an incredible business that has, she's been around for a really, really long time, which I respect. I think in my industry, there's just a lot of people that are celebrity coaches and are really, really influential on social media, but are not actually, have not done the work. So I think that they're really loud voices in the marketplace, but are not substantiated and are actually 
taking up a lot of unnecessary space, <laughs> like get out of here and just let like truly, um, I don't know. It's, it's like a, it's a conflict that I have. And I think that people that have been around, they know how to truly create impact and are not trying to like squeeze every single dime out of every single Instagram follower. So I respect people that have built long, long businesses. And I know that it takes a lot of guts to stay in the game for so long. And she has a really great perspective. The last chapter that I listened to was on uh, belief and how the, the thoughts that you think are actually, they actually manifest in the, in the very physical world how sometimes a placebo effect will take place. Like if you think something is going to work, you can take a placebo type pill and it will actually work. So they did a double blind study on kids that were very allergic to poison ivy. And they told them, we're going to rub an ivy leaf on you, but we've given you this medicine so you won't react. And what they found was that they rubbed the ivy leaf on them and did not give them any sort of medicine, but they didn't react. And then they also tested to see, we're going to rub something that it like aloe vera on you and you won't react. And what they found is that, but what they were actually rubbing on them was poison ivy. And these were all uh, participants that were severely allergic to poison ivy. So in all other situations, they would have been extremely reactive. But what they found was that they um, did not react even when they were told this is aloe vera, whatever it is. This is not, this is like aloe vera, it's grass. You will not react. You will not have a reaction. And it actually was poison ivy and they didn't react. So the things that you believe in your mind will actually manifest themselves like in your physical body. It is a wild, Meredith. I know what I'm saying. It is a wild. The things that we believe are genuinely so powerful for us. And they do. They create, they show up in our very real world. That is insanity. I know. Go read her book. It's really good. I'm going to read her book. That is insanity. I'm obsessed with that because it's so true. And what you speak out, it's just like, it's real. So just stay on the positive side. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen the studies with the rice and the positive and the negative. It's crazy. Yeah. going to get her book. So <laughs> will you give us a few? So you did mention that, I think it's a website that you guys chat on. Mention that again. And then what are some other either apps that you love or things that are helping you for business? Yeah. So if you're wanting to build your own membership community and you're wanting to take it out of Facebook groups, I would recommend Mighty Networks. Mighty Networks is one that they're, it's a new platform that they're creating and they're really wanting to build communities and help creatives and help business people really monetize off of the content that they put out for free on social media. It's like, we really do all feed this machine of social media where we pour really amazing content and we show up for it. But it's, it could all be for nothing. Like genuinely, these people could not care less. Like it's, it just, we work so hard for something that does not always directly impact our bottom line. So if you're wanting to create a membership society, do so with Mighty Network. That's an incredible platform that I've really enjoyed. And then I um, rely heavily on Canva for when I do need to create, I'm constantly creating graphics for the society. I really like Canva. Zoom is a great one and it's going to offer, well, they currently offer transcribing systems too. So if you want to meet with clients, I've always used Zoom, which is what we're using now and it's fantastic and it's, there's a free option. I use Acuity. So when you start automating your scheduling, 
Acuity is one where you do not have to go back and forth. It's kind of like Calendly, which allows people to schedule, to get onto your schedule. Acuity is so easy because it allows you to create all of your like packages and offerings and have people go directly onto your calendar. It's easy. You're not going back and forth with people. It's just, it changes the game when you really start elevating your service-based business. So yeah, those are some of the, the key ones. I love that. That's awesome. So before we go, I would love for you. So I think you kind of touched on it and tell me if it's different, but because you're all about audacity and audacious goals, what's your next big audacious goal that you're kind of like working towards right now? Cause you're always creating. What is that for mm-hmm. you? My biggest goal is I want 2020 to be, I want to be in every single city in the United States. I want a society member to be in every single, well, in every single state so I can go into every single state, not every single city. That would be crazy. But every single state in the United States, I want there to be a true, like thriving virtual and physical community. To me, that's so important. And I want to bring in as many people. I think that this space in the society is so pivotal for women to really recognize how much they really truly have to give as well. So I love this space that I'm creating and I'm unashamed about really making it inclusive and powerful. It's not inclusive just so that we can all grow our followings. It's inclusive so that we can really create audacious impact on the world. So that's my goal. And I know that you are going to be doing an event here soon in San Diego. In San Diego. Yes. I will keep you guys posted depending on when this, this airs, we will tell you when that event is, you're going to have to come meet Karina in person. Um, my last question for you, and then I'll let you go to your babies. What does the word leadership mean to you? Mm, I love that. I think that it's when I first heard it, I think it's leading yourself. I think it's a woman leading herself and providing space for other women to be inspired by her ability to lead herself. I think that's so important. And I think it's challenging right now in this kind of female driven culture and movement. I think it's hard and kind of confusing to know how to lead yourself. And I think that's only something that you can figure out for yourself. And I just want to encourage every single one of your listeners, the instinct that you have about how you should lead is the right one. Trust yourself to do the right thing. Trust yourself to take yourself further and grow your family, grow your business in the way that is in line for you and allow yourself that space and that trust and that respect, like allow yourself to have that respect for yourself to step into a place of leadership. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Karina, I appreciate you so much, your time and your wisdom today. If any of you guys felt a small nudge, that little tiny, like even like that feeling in your heart or that gut thing to join the Ginger Root Society, do it. Listen to that voice. That, it, that means something. Do not ignore mm-hmm. it. That is critical. So I want you to reach out to her. She's going to tell us how to reach out yes. to her. So go ahead and tell <laughs> us how we connect with you, how we find you. Yes. Go to gingerrootsociety.com, www.gingerrootsociety.com. You can find me on social media at Karina Tripon, or you can go to gingerrooted.com and find out more about private coaching with me and kind of what I'm about and what coaching looks like. And you can feel free to reach out and I will give you all of my secrets. If you're wanting to build a coaching business, I'm so open-handed with the things I want to see you successful so much. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. You guys, you 
have literally nothing to lose, but to reach out to her and just take, I guess, invest in yourself. That's the biggest, Mm -hmm. like she said, you've got to lead yourself first. So invest in yourself. It's the best money you'll ever spend is investing in yourself. And thank you, Karina, for just Thank you. You are so wonderful. You ask such great questions. This is a pleasure. Thank you so much. Of course. We'll see you guys later. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know. I love hearing from you guys. Tag me on Instagram and make sure you subscribe and leave me a review and tell us what you loved most about this podcast. Don't forget to send this episode to someone in your life who you know needs to hear this message. I love adding value to all of you. So thank you so much for listening and sharing. It means the world to me.